Hello and welcome to the SJ Chronicles. It's um, Saturday the 16th of September 2017. It's just about 10 to 3 in the afternoon here in England. Um, as I mentioned last night, I had an early start this morning to get to a trustees meeting for the charity, uh, the animal charity I'm a trustee for uh, in London. So we finished the trustees meeting not so long ago. Um, I always find them quite fascinating, actually, because obviously all the different trustees have their own particular areas of interest and expertise um, with some overlaps. So there is, you know, usually more than one trustee in each different area. Um, and so it's very much a kind of shared discussion over the course of the meeting, depending on the different areas that are coming up to be discussed. Um, obviously, I'm a vet, and so most of my input's around uh, veterinary stuff um, and animal welfare. Um, and we did have a second veterinary trustee who joined around the same time I did, which was quite a few years ago now. Um, but she recently had to step down due to personal issues. And so, um, you know, we're, we'll be doing some more recruitment and that will probably include somebody else who's a vet or a vet nurse. Um, so that'd be interesting to see. The, um, the main thing I wanted to pop in and mention was just, uh, I've talked before about this, but just to talk about brand. Um, it's interesting, obviously, being in the heart of a charity in terms of listening to all the conversations that go on around fundraising. And, you know, I, I'm not going to get into a big discussion here about charities and charity fundraising and all that sort of stuff. But clearly, it's something that you're always competing with other charities um, for money. And everyone is trying to be more creative and or OK, <laughs> the more forward thinking progressive charities are always trying to be more creative and dynamic and um, forward thinking about how they fundraise. And, you know, one of the things I've said before, which applies not just to charities, but it applies, you know, to commercial businesses as well, is that um, it's very, very important that people get to know you and get to know your brand. And um, they often talk about this sort of no like, and trust, and I hate these buzzwords in some regard, but I think those three actually sum up really uh, kind of a very good point, really, which is that, you know, people aren't going to give you money as a brand um, if you're a charity um, if they don't know you. And so, you know, just asking for money all the time without a base and a solid foundation of brand awareness is not a good strategy. Um, at the charity that I'm a trustee for, we've actually just had a rebrand done after many years. And I was actually one of, I think for a while, the only trustee on the rebranding committee. Um, and the rebrand has been launched and it's sort of being rolled out at the moment. And so it's really lovely now seeing the, the new brand. Um, and, you know, there's lots of great vibes and positive feedback about it. And it's a great opportunity for the charity to re-raise brand awareness amongst its target audience, um, you know, kind of on the back of the rebrand, as it were. But of course, this also applies to, as I said, commercial businesses. And so, you know, not thinking about what um, what we might be doing, say, with the referral centre, um, you know, it's very much about people obviously knowing about you, but just knowing about you is not really the point. I mean, there are plenty of, in particular, corporate providers who have big budgets and can, you know, do a lot of marketing. But the question is not just about, are you putting yourself in front of people? It's like, do they care about you? <laughs> That's really the point. It's not just, can you keep putting your materials in front of people? Because they become sort of desensitized and oblivious to it at the end. The key is, do they care about you? Do they believe in what you are doing 
Do you impact their lives in a positive way so that they actually are invested in your success? They want you to succeed because they believe in you, they believe in your values, um, and they want to sort of, you know, support you on your journey. So that kind of brand awareness thing, um, but brand awareness based on the solid foundation of the right sort of core values, um, providing value to people, appearing to be ethical and to be standing for a set of values that people can um, empathize with and also care about. These are all the kinds of things that I, that I don't think people in the veterinary sector do very well at all, to be honest, from a personal point of view. I might be very wrong about that, at least not when you get onto a large scale. I think, you know, sort of local community brand awareness in terms of people knowing independent practices, that's a whole other conversation. But um, anyway, I'm going to sign off this segment because I'm about to run out soon. I need to head off to my um, Kung Fu session, hopefully via a short power nap when I get to the other end as well. So I'll catch you later and I um, hope you're having a great weekend. Cheers. Bye. So it's just gone 7 p.m. and I thought I'd nip in and do a quick final segment for the day. Um, Kung Fu session was great. Um, I'll talk more about uh, that from a business point of view in a second. Um, I didn't get to have much of a power nap before it, and uh, it was it was good fun. Um, then tracked across London, sort of more kind of not Greater London, but more Outer London. Um, like any big city, obviously the traffic is not great, um, but I'm sure London is nowhere near as bad as some places. And um, I've mentioned that I had started using Waze um, a while back and uh, definitely much more proactive than Google Maps used to be and takes you down all kinds of places, but ultimately you get to see the, uh, the rationale behind it, so it wasn't too bad a journey. And um, I've just recorded a Vet Physio Life uh, call with Kim, our physio, um, who, bless her, is very accommodating sometimes because... I don't know who else would necessarily be willing to do such a thing at sort of 6.30, quarter to 7 on a Saturday when they're um, not working. Um, I need to turn that into the podcast and publish it at some point, which I guess will either be late tonight or first thing tomorrow morning. Um, just going to go and have dinner with Layla and her family. It was Layla's mum's birthday this week, and so having a bit of a birthday dinner, which I'm sure is going to be very lovely. Um my my kind of business thing, as far as this segment goes, was that I often talk to my Kung Fu instructor about his business because he, you know, is an individual that um, has this business where he teaches classes, both individual classes and group classes. Um, but we've often talked about scaling. We've often talked about using social media. He does have a social media presence that's quite good, and he does get some help from a couple of his students who are quite good online with pre uh, preparing content for him and you know he does videos and stuff so he's pretty good on social media as always he could do more and so could you know pretty much everybody but um but the challenge he faces of course is that he's one individual and so how does he scale his business now this is another challenge that's unique to him because many businesses you know the founder for example um they can be it can be a challenge how do you scale your business when the business that you've created is dependent on you as a single individual and obviously the answer to that is well you get people that have comparable skills to you you um train people up etc but you know this chinese kung fu stuff that i do i'm not going to go into it in detail but 
it's a, it's sort of very technical. It's a physical thing, but it's very technical because it's not. Um, it's much more what's referred to as an internal martial art. So you can't necessarily see what's going on because it's going on inside. Um, and a lot of it's to do with touch and feel and sensitivity. And, you know, he's trained for about 20 years now. He, he has a, an instructor himself who's a really elderly guy back in China. Um, you know, so, so my instructor just can't train other people up very quickly so that they can teach as well. Now he does have some long-term students and they're obviously, you know, sometimes help him out and take classes. Um, but, you know, it's a real challenge that he, how does he scale and grow his business if it is dependent on him and he's the only one that has the expertise. And, you know, there's a real challenge there because what he does not want to do is to, what's in his eyes is selling out where you just start producing, you know, hear how to do Chinese Kung Fu videos and, and stuff like that where people just buy it and watch it but he he says you know they don't really they won't really understand the depth of it because unless you're there and you can feel what they're feeling and connect with them and, and that sort of stuff um they're never going to learn it you know properly and his whole thing is about doing it well and doing it properly and really understanding it and the kind of tradition of his training is um you know is very very technical and very very good so it's always a conversation that we have about how to scale his business um, and can he scale his business. And we've talked about different solutions and, you know, definitely training people up so that they can then at least start to take on the responsibility of training beginners. Um, and then perhaps that can spread wider. I'm, I'm sure there's lots of other things we can discuss, but I just wanted to kind of flag that really as an interesting discussion that it's not unique to him in terms of scaling a business when on the face of it it's dependent on one person um, who has the skill sets. Anyway, I'll, um, I'll catch you on Monday, so um, have a great rest of your weekend and uh, take chances, be compassionate, live in a beautiful state, have an open heart and an open mind. Cheers, bye-bye.